Welcome to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the 10th episode in Season 3 of Riverdale, The Stranger. I'm Mary Kukowski, and I am joined, as always, by Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing this evening? I am doing so well. This episode, I feel like, answered so many questions that we've had, but also brought up so many new ones. But uh, all in all, a great episode, other than the fact that Archie isn't dead, and I'm really excited to get into it. Yeah, it's one of those episodes that did the thing where they're like, okay, we've heard the complaints. We've heard all of Mary's tweets about MP <laughs> not having a job. We are going to rectify the situation, except in, like, a really weird, annoying, half-assed kind of way. So, you know, one step forward, two steps back. I don't even know if it's that, but sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i enjoying, I, I had a lot of people send me messages before I started this episode telling me like, oh my gosh, this episode's insane, it's crazy, can't wait. But I, so I, I was going into it expecting a lot worse. I've also been occasionally watching the the previews for the show. So that kind of, I knew that like, how was going to come back at some point in this season. So we're just, we're there now. We're we're moving. That's why you don't watch the previews because then you don't get that stuff spoiled for you. Uh, I wasn't expecting to see Hal in a blue jumpsuit and like a weird prison cell, but you know what? It happened. It's because I never feel more invested in Riverdale than right at the end of an episode I'm watching. Like in the middle of the week before another episode comes out, I, I think about other things. But right then when I'm watching it, I get, I get into like binge watch mode and I want to keep going. So I'll take any little thing they give me. I don't understand you, but it's fine. All right. Well, someone out there is on my side. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, this episode started off Right away from the Jughead voiceover, we know Archie, yeah, he's not dead, though, though a part of him died at 8.47 on a Wednesday morning. I, I like the fact that they were so specific as to tell us what time a part of him died and he came home, but they can't tell us, like, what month it is, so we still have absolutely no clue what the time yeah. frame is. It was 8.47 on a Wednesday morning. Could be any Wednesday morning. We don't know. Uh, and then I would also like to know what part of Archie died. Is it supposed to be his innocence or whatever? Because every decision he makes this episode, he still seems like... Like a freaking idiot so he seems like the exact same person just a little moodier and he dyed his hair brown and it looks stupid though less stupid than the red yeah so he was gone for five weeks he dyed his hair before he left he would have definitely had to re-dye it at least like once in between there uh and he's not yeah. doing a great and job when did he get a haircut because his hair still the exact same length <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of mystery behind what he was Does doing cut his own hair know i don't know he straight razors it like there there there's a lot of questions regarding what was going on in the five weeks that he was gone from riverdale or however long more than more than five weeks but all the time that he was in the hinterlands by himself (laughs) because like he didn't seem to be doing anything i have a lot of arguments for what he could have been doing in that time but he he wasn't moving forward i don't think he was doing a whole lot of work for the rangers or whatever well and how long ago was it the bear attack like because for a while he would have been unable to do literally anything or are we to assume he's just fine and walked home this, they, they made it seem like this is like the next day like he, they he got he went to the hospital got patched up came home because except we'll, we'll talk about it later but like when they show his scar it, it looks like months healed you know well you're welcome for the canadian healthcare, archie my taxes <laughs> paid for that <laughs> Oh my gosh. So they said uh, in the Jughead voiceover, he says, you know, what returned to Riverdale was something different than the redheaded boy next door. He was a new man with dark hair and scars. Yeah, he walked home. 
Did you see that shot? They show him walking home to Riverdale. So we can, I can do the math again, but I'm pretty sure last time I checked, like it's, it's multiple days walk. They didn't say anything about him driving a car. Why didn't they leave town with his car? Remember well, the car is ago? registered, and so Hiram could obviously find him if he had a car. The only thing is you the car can... registered. Okay, well, semantics. The only thing you can trust is to go truly off the grid. No cell phone, no electronics, not even in your car. I learned from the CBS show Hunted that if your car is <laughs> newer than 2008, they can track it. So, what year is his car? I don't know. Does he actually have a driver's license? Also debatable. He had to walk. There was no other option. I understand that Celebrity Big Brother is in the same time slot that Hunted used to be, I think. Hunted, I just miss that show so much. That was the best thing that was on air. I was the biggest Hunted stan. David and Emma Slay need to be on another CBS show immediately. Uh, I mean, bring, yeah, bring back, uh, what was it, Mary, Mary Scott, Scott Valentine? Scott. Bring back Mary Scott Valentine. <laughs> That's why I hate Mary Scott Valentine. <laughs> bring her and one of those frat boys um, to be like this Big Brother 8 twist with like your enemy being in the house. Oh my gosh. Yeah, anyways, Hunted was great. Great. Sorry for uh, the it, no. If you if you guys never watched the short lived CBS reality show Hunted, please go find it somewhere online. It is it is the best thing. It'll just cheer you right up. And also listen to the uh, Rob has a podcast recaps with Kurt Clark and Liana Boris because they were so good. They they were they were my favorite Ugh. thing ever. So please, you can get all the bars of Rifi and. You'll just love it. It's so great. Oh, well. Anyway. All right. Well, back to the episode. I just Riverdale. so much rather talk about Hunted now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's go through Betty because Betty has an interesting plot, but once again, like, she's reunited with everyone, but for the most part, she's kind of doing her own thing. This is actually one of the first times in a really long time she's not... Her her plotline is not intertwined with Jughead at all. I mean, I know it wasn't intertwined with him when she was at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, but considering they're both in town now, she has, she does stuff completely by herself, and, and I don't think she even really confides in him very much about what's going on. I just feel like this is what's well, not realistic at all, but it seems like a realistic Betty storyline, and I'm glad to see that they're still giving her some of that, and it's not just like, how can Betty help Jughead with his gang, you know? Like, it's nice. Yeah, I mean... Honestly, like this episode in general, I was happy with a lot of the plot lines we got. I, I enjoyed these. I was invested in them. I, I thought some of them were ridiculous, but I much preferred this to anything doing with Archie and Jughead traveling with the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. I, I liked this a lot more because I think they were much more character centric plot lines and much less like big scale mythical things that were happening. Yes, and it all starts. When Betty's debit card is declined at Pops. Oh my god. How can she buy her old-fashioned vanilla milkshakes now? Uh, and I was just like, like, Veronica's like, hey, I've got you. And I'm like, shouldn't you always let your friends have a free milkshake at your establishment? <laughs> or like, <laughs> yeah. like, do they always have to pay? Do they get a friends and family discount? Like, I don't, I don't you know. You know, this is funny because Veronica said it like, oh, I'll pay for you. Not like it's, uh, like it's free. Okay, so I guess she just pays How for her own food. How big is there. Veronica's tab? Does she just pay cost? Like, yeah, I don't. I, you would think. You would think she does. So yeah, the first thing that jumped into my mind was Betty has a credit card. <laughs> Since when? No, it was a debit card. Was it? Yeah, they, he he literally is like Betty. Your debit card was declined. Okay, 
All right, I guess that's a little better. I'm trying to think of when I got a debit card. I got a debit I mean, card in, like, the eighth grade. I, I'm sure I had one in high school. I don't know if I had one in middle school. I'm sure I had one in high school, but I don't think I – I definitely did not have access to my own college fund. That was in a separate account. Like, that's not something I had access to. Well, yeah, to. you would think that would be, like, we have in Canada – it's called an – a registered education savings plan and you can start them when your kid is like an infant and just put money in it their whole childhood and the government like matches to a certain point and so okay. that's what it would have been here well because the thing is like i can understand betty being upset if her mom so yeah basically her mom stole her money but i could i could understand her being upset if it was that her mom stole like the money that she had made babysitting or from her internship or whatever because that's just directly her money but her mom kind of has a point in like yeah it's your college fund and also the money that you got from the blossoms which like i think probably fine print technically is money that betty didn't have direct access to at that point anyway yeah well she shouldn't have had access to it but this is Riverdale so she absolutely might but yeah uh her mom gave all the money to the farm right which I okay I this is what I mean by being like half answering our prayers because this is the first episode where we've got some old school like fiery Alice back she wasn't she wasn't mean and as fierce but she definitely was kind of like it was like a little spark of of feisty Alice where she was going to do what she wanted and not listen to her child telling her what to do whereas for the past you know all the other episodes in season three Betty's been kind of steamrolling her mom in a lot of ways well and it's just annoying because what she wants is the the farm and I hate the farm and I hate the storyline and I just want it to be over yeah so Betty goes to trusty Mayor McCoy who I guess is just exclusively working for Betty now my favorite part of this is hun you don't have money to pay for her how are you paying the mayor the whole point is that you don't have any money yeah I like Whatever. lawyer McCoy apparently doesn't have a retainer fee or whatever um or maybe Betty's just paid her so much in legal fees already that she's like you know what this one's on me something like that and it, they basically find out like yeah I mean Alice was able to get this money taken because she had how you know sign off on the funds transferred this and Betty looks at it and, and believes that it's a forgery but the only way to get this money back is for her dad to sign an affidavit saying that he did not sign this original paper um so long story short she's got to go see how got to go see the man or the the black hood we haven't seen him since i guess since the final episode of season 2 when she went to go visit him in prison yes, i think was the last i believe time. so and here's the thing about that why does she have a lawyer if she has to go do all the grunt work shouldn't lawyer mccoy go and be like listen you gotta sign this and fix your kid's life you would think (laughs) yeah you would think i i don't know i because we need to see scenes between betty and her dad which i gotta admit i didn't love the way they handled the black hood stuff in season two but i am just with how ridiculous the gargoyle king is as a villain i'm glad to see like just more of a psychopath back again that's i i'm better with that well i like how they treat hal as if he's like hannibal lecter or something like that like he's not an evil genius he literally gave his daughter nancy drew clues to figure out that he was the murderer like and he killed what two people yeah he's like he's not a very (laughs) successful murderer like i don't know he's just kind of crazy and he is like hey i am 
the Gargoyle King, and I killed the principal, even though I wasn't part of the Midnight Society. Midnight Club, whatever. Yeah, so he seems to know everything about uh, G&G, and he says that, because he, he asks her, he says he'll sign this affidavit if she goes and gives him the G&G handbook. So she does, she brings in the handbook, and he admits to basically everything. He says that he, you know, dressed up as the king and and all that, which... Like, immediately, I'm thinking, he has way too much information about this. Like, someone who is telling the truth, he seemed like he was just spitting facts he had heard, not like he was speaking as if he was actually there. And so, yeah, she seems to believe him, though, and seems kind of creeped out about the fact that he did that. As she is, she just takes the the signed, she takes the signed affidavit, and when she's leaving, she finds out from the police officer that sounds like, Alice has been coming to see Hal a lot. Yeah, and so at that moment, I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, is this related to the farm? Are they trying to heal him with, like, crystals or something? Uh, Like, maybe the signature was real, and now he's lying on the affidavit. Like, what were your thoughts on that? I wrote down in my notes here, because I was taking the notes, you know, as I was watching. I said, I don't buy this. I bet it won't really be her. And... Yeah, we we find out that it's it's not her. Yeah. First, she goes and confronts her mom because Alice says that she has an interview with RIVW. Do we know that's Riverdale? What? I um, just assume it's a radio station. Yeah, you would think, but it sounds like she said she wants. She said it's her lifelong dream to work for local broadcast news. That is such like the smallest lifelong dream, like local broadcast news, not like a major network. You you want to work for a local broadcast news? She just okay. wants to make the jump from a local newspaper to a local news channel. She looks like a news broadcaster, though. I think she would. She could absolutely do a that. be a news broadcaster. Yeah. I also would love to be a news broadcaster. That would be fun. I feel like I could do that. I could read a teleprompter. I mean, it's very yeah, very similar to podcasting. Is it? I don't know. Well, you have to speak. <laughs> well, here's yeah. I guess that's true. <laughs> Got you there. Maybe I could get on the radio instead. I think I would rather do the radio because I I could be a little more comfortable in my stance. Hmm. Uh, I move around a lot in my seat. That's I don't think tr- I could be big as- same. Big, big same. Okay, I need to work on the radio. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, and this I wrote down that we have slight, slight more shades of Alice, old Alice. She's, she's a little too happy, but she's, you know, she's doing her hair and makeup again. Like, like OG Alice Cooper. Yeah, seeing her not in like a caftan is nice. He, uh, I, I even wrote down here, I feel like Hal's admissions are too easy. He knows too much. I feel like he might have found out from Penelope Blossom. So, anyway. I think you're lying. <laughs> I think you, after the no. fact, were like, I want to look smart. That's exactly what I wrote. Because then it said, I wrote down, Betty calls the jail. They ask her to describe what Alice looks like. And then she meets with Penelope. And I wrote, yo, I totally called this one. <laughs> so, you are literally such a dork. I cannot handle you. And here's the creepiest part about her meeting with Penelope. Calling her auntie. Well, she is her auntie, so. Yeah. But like... Hey, I prefer her calling her auntie than any time that Veronica has ever called her dad, daddy. Well, yeah, that's because auntie is better than the word daddy in literally every sense. Like, I would like for nobody to ever use the word daddy under any circumstances, whereas auntie is like, sometimes okay. Oh, it's good times. So she says, she asks Penelope, are you one of those sickos who fantasizes about serial killers? 
And yeah, it sounds like that's exactly what Penelope is. She's like, yeah, you know, who doesn't? Of course, I've fantasized about people in my day. And she says, yeah, I had to pretend to be your mom. She just casually drops conjugal visits to Betty. That's disgusting. She's like, a man has needs. Shut up, Penelope. Which I still can't get over. Like, Hal's whole thing, the whole reason for being the Black Hood was like, oh, we gotta gotta attack Fred because he's an adulterer. So are you, dude. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. Did they ever actually get a divorce? They probably happened at some point. I think so. But you maybe. Know. You know who did actually get a divorce? Fred Andrews. Actually, no. That may not have also happened. Did, I, I don't like think they took they the did. paper. I think they're just separated. I don't think that actually ever happened either. Never mind. So yeah, Penelope says he's doing it to boost his ego, lying about being the gargoyle king. Well, yeah, he's not a very good murderer, and so he wants to feel like he's a better murderer. Yeah. So Betty goes back to Hal, and she calls him a sick narcissist. She's just calling everybody. She just called Penelope a sicko, calling him a sick narcissist. Um, and uh, and he's like, yeah, I knew you'd come back to talk with me again. That's why I told you all this because I could tell you were super into the gargoyle stuff. So. Whatever. And she she says she's never coming back again, but I don't buy it. Her mom and the farmies, though, they're celebrating because her mom got that job. But she got the job because of Edgar's connections. So, like, you didn't really... You didn't really do it then. Like, yeah. I'm not sure what we're celebrating here. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I don't remember this happening. It was a tiny little scene, and the really important part there is that they say, oh, yeah, we just used all that money you gave us to buy the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. So... Cool. Yeah. Why do they want the Sisters of Quiet Mercy? Why would anybody want it? That place is so severely haunted. Like, explain this to me. They bought it, they said, to house all of those kids. So you're going to put the kids back in the place where they were terrorized? Like, I get it. They need housing. But you would have to really renovate that place. Plus, a bunch of nuns just committed suicide there. Or fake nuns, but whatever. Okay. So that happened. And Betty goes back to talk to her dad again. And uh, ends the episode by ranting about her mom, being like, mom's not nice. She gave away my college money. I'm upset, daddy. Help. And he's like, you're smart. You'll get scholarships. And I'm like, will she, though? She hasn't been going to school. It kind of, yeah, it kind of made me think about Betty from the comics and how, like, her and her dad are close and they fix cars together. And when looking at it from that perspective, like, yes, a lot has happened in the last year with how that would make her not like him. But... She had a whole lifetime before that of being, like, daddy's little girl. So I kind of... I, I don't know. I kind of liked this scene. I'm sorry. Like, you it, just it said daddy you, and we need to... We you know, need but it's No one says dad's little girl. That's not a phrase. What about papa's little girl? Papa's little girl? I don't think that... That makes it worse. Yeah, but I call my dad papa. Okay. Well, I didn't say papa's little girl. I'd be like, hey, papa. It's, we mostly do it as a joke, though, but... Okay. I don't know. We call, we call my dad uh, daddy Rico daddy so you daddy say daddy yeah, we don't say it it's a written thing it doesn't seem I don't think okay we actually to me. say it yeah i don't know i think the fact that you added rico on the end helps <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't i don't think i've ever actually called him daddy in person i don't really do that i don't really mommy or daddy whatever anyway so uh so that was betty's plot i i I still, I disagree. I like, I liked it. I think that it showed Dark Betty, not, not like the Dark Betty who needs to be all like fierce, but the, like the true parts of her that are, you know, conflicted with the good and bad sides. And I like that about her. Yeah, I just, 
I don't know. I feel like she was so horrified that her dad was a murderer that it just didn't make sense to me. But eh, it's fine. Yeah. Her dad. There's also that part where her dad is like super impressed by the uh, Gargoyle King for having killed 14 people. I don't know who the 14 people are. I can't do that calculation. And I don't know if that's including like the sisters of Quiet Mercy. and. Yeah, and I'm assuming it counts all of these suicides as murders. Probably. I mean... That would make sense. Anyway. So speaking of the Gargoyle King, let's talk about Hiram because Hiram actually had a plot for once. We we have someone who is not a child having a plot line. Honestly, nice. I don't believe that that really happened. I think you're making it up. No, it happened. I have a little tiny short section of notes about him, but oh, it happened. Cute. Uh, so at the beginning of the episode, FP and Fred go to see Hiram. And Fred's like, hey, Archie's coming home permanently, just so you know. I love how confident Fred is that Archie is actually coming home permanently. Like, have we gotten any evidence that um, that's happening? Well, no. But also, I love how stupid he is. Hey, this guy wants to murder my kid. So I'm going to go to him and be like, hey, by the way, my kid's back in town. He's more accessible to you than he has ever been. Well, okay, this is the first time where I thought about it this way. This is so ridiculous. Like, there is a person who knows that this other guy is out to kill his son. Call the police out of state. Like, go to some bigger government that's outside of Riverdale where people can actually help you. This man is literally trying to kill a child, and you have evidence of that. You have evidence that he falsely imprisoned him. You have evidence that he, you know, lied, you know, ha- had people work working under him. Like, you have, I feel like you have enough evidence that Hiram is a bad dude, and instead you're just deciding to handle all this yourselves in this little town. It, it didn't really hit me how ridiculous this was was until I realized like oh yeah the parents know Fred and FP know how bad Hiram is you know it's one thing when like Archie is fighting against him but yeah this is just really it's just not something I thought well, about but before. he has connections with the governor so nothing you could do but, but like go out of state I don't know I just think call the I president someone... of the United States of America yeah <laughs> the look on your face i wish everyone could see anyway there was a really great a really great moment though where i liked this line hiram said i've never tried to hurt either of your kids which is like just a direct threat to fp being like just so you know jughead's now in the mix too like i've never tried to hurt them yet but now that you're here he's on board why do people keep confronting hiram because they're all idiots. Like, they, how has nobody no learned this lesson? And it's not just confronting. Fred straight up is like, I'm going to kill you, okay? So just so you know. It's like, mm, you should I'm probably kill, kill him you. now. Yeah. Also, did you catch? Those goons are definitely the same person. They are not I looked the at same person. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Our next scene with Hiram is he has a little meeting of the bad guys with Penelope and Clifford's brother, uh, Claudius. So Madam Blossom. She's she's only got brothel on the brain. That's I mean, all she wants. classic brothel brain. <laughs> classic brothel brain. Early front runner for a good hashtag for this podcast. Yes, for, for every episode brain. moving forward, please hashtag brothel brain. <laughs> Please do. I want at least one of those. Um, yeah, so Hiram wants there to be a new sheriff. And he's like, hey, Claudius, <laughs> you're going to be the new sheriff. And yeah, you have zero choice in this matter. Because Claudius is like, wait a second. Like, the last sheriff was decapitated. I don't really want to go down that path. And he's like, oh, it's funny. You think that was a choice. I'm like, okay, it's not that easy to become. Sh- isn't sheriff an elected position? <laughs> We've talked about this before. Yeah, it's elected by Hiram. <laughs> That's not how that works. 
That's how it works in Riverdale. This also is, like, another thing. We talked about this last episode with something, but, like, they made it seem like Minetta being decapitated was a cover-up for it not actually being Minetta who was decapitated. But we haven't seen Minetta since, and the way that, you know, people like Claudius, who you would think would have been in on the situation if it wasn't actually Minetta, I think this is just another thing they, like, they dropped the ball on this. This was a really good setup that they just didn't follow through with. Yeah. Oh, the it was the um the portrait of Hiram that we, or, and Veronica. Those are the the other things that haven't really had any follow through. Yeah, it would be nice to get follow through on everything. I feel like they never give us any follow through. No, but, uh, you know, half in, half out. So Hiram also wants to buy the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, uh, which is why, like, the farm buying it at the end of the episode kind of came out of nowhere. The, well, they mentioned that the um, the farm put in an offer. Oh, did that, they? It was mentioned See? that there was, like, the farm okay. wants it and Hiram wants it and someone else put in an offer, too, but I can't remember. Okay. So, yeah, Hiram is talking to Hermione and, and uh, wow, Hermione's back. It's been a, it's been a minute it's since nice we've seen her. It's nice to see her. And he's like, yeah, we're going to we're gonna buy the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. It could be our castle, yeah. our stronghold. Or mansion or whatever. Um, yeah. I would not, I don't care how big it is. I don't want to live somewhere where um, all of that torture happened and so many people died. It is certainly haunted and I don't care how you cleanse it. There's not enough sage or sweet grass in the world. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't exist. <sighs> yeah. Um. She, and Hermione's like, I don't want to make Claudius the sheriff and I don't, you're not even telling me what all the expansions are that you're planning on doing. And um, Hiram's like, you know, for all our sakes, especially yours, I would do it quick. So, yeah, he's just threatening her. Uh, She doesn't seem on board because, like we've talked about, Hermione is a a complicated character who I think the the writers just sort of sometimes make her seem super loyal to Hiram. Sometimes she seems slightly more independent. And this episode, we're going independent, but I'm I'm not convinced it's not going to swing back on his side immediately. Well, I feel like it's the thing where we're supposed to see it as kind of a more natural cycle of abuse, where Hermione is not a bad person, but she's in a bad situation. And so anytime she tries to go outside of what Hiram wants, she gets kind of smacked down and afraid, and then she complies to protect herself. And I think it's pretty realistic in that way. Yeah, I I like that. I just, I would have hoped that she, you know, she has actual power here with being the mayor and... I mean, we'll get to it. Like, she does she does stand on her, her own two feet a little bit more in this episode. Yeah. So, yeah. So, then, uh, next thing we get with Hiram is he's on the phone with someone, and he says, you know, oh, it's, you know, that they're talking about everything that goes down with, with Fangs and Tallboy and all that. And he says, you know, it's, it's good. I'm always, I'm always one step ahead of everyone else. And then he gets shot. Now, did that come out of the blue to you? Because I thought that was a pretty shocking moment in the episode. I, yeah, no, I was absolutely gooped i was not anticipating hiram getting actually physically attacked at all for at least a couple more episodes like i would have thought of that as something they would do in a finale not necessarily as a mid-season thing i think that's honestly one of the great things about riverdale is that they will do the crazy stuff in the middle of the season instead of making you wait four months afterwards like this is gonna get immediately resolved next week yeah yeah which is great and and i was I was actually a little bit confused at first because I was paying so much attention to what he was saying on the phone that I'm not even sure if I heard a gunshot noise. I heard the shattering of like the the coffee cup he's holding and then he sort of moves his hand out of the way and you see there's a spot of, you know, blood on his shirt. I thought it was like a shard of china from the cup like had stabbed him and i didn't really understand what happened at first because i i don't think we really heard like a gunshot noise so 
Um, yeah, it was it was really intense scene, and I, I'm I'm so glad that Hiram is finally actually getting hurt. So that was great. Well, and I assume Hermione shot him. I we let's let's talk about the end, but I have a couple theories okay. for for what might have happened. Okay, but yeah, so so he gets shot, and then Mister Blossom, we find out, is dead. He he is he's just. He's just dead. So all of the bad guys are, uh, we're losing him fast. Yeah. Which I yeah, think is so. it's probably the setup because I think that towards the end of the season, the farm is going to be exposed as like. A big bad. Yeah, the big bad they need to get. So I feel like they need to resolve all of this more local stuff so that they can get onto that. I agree. I agree. And then the final scene of the episode we have going all this. AKA my favorite scene of the episode Stop. is <laughs> no Hermione meets up with FP and says it's time. And the, I was confused at first because so FP walks into this room with Hermione and he's like, Oh, Hermione, how's Hiram doing? Like he seems genuinely concerned for her feelings and stuff, which I was confused about. I'm like, dude, like you hate Hiram. Why are you even asking about this? But when she says, you know, it's time, it, it's very clear that there have been scenes that we're not getting between the two of them, that they have been in cahoots for at least some amount of time. And and especially after the the Midnight Club episode, we know that they had somewhat of a friendship for a little while as well. And then they were the ones who went off together and found the, uh, I don't remember, it was the Ruby or whatever know, it was. It was some sort of duel in a vending machine, which yeah. I still, who had the keys to the vending machine? I still need to know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, so good. Love that. It was probably Hal Cooper, right? He was there the whole time. Oh, yeah. He did everything. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I just really liked that. And I really, I'm so glad that we got a more of an upswing of the the amount of parents who were in this episode. So glad we got them back together. That was fun. Yeah. Okay. All right. Shall we dive into the Archie stuff? Do we have to? We don't have to. We can skip it. I mean, nothing has stopped us <laughs> from skipping over his parts before. It's, it's fine. We can talk about Archie. We can talk about it. It's not, it's definitely not the most interesting. Like, the two plots we just talked about, those are probably, the, to me, the most interesting plots of the episode. The Archie stuff and the, the Veronica stuff and the Jughead stuff is not as, as good. Um, it's important kind of, if you care about these people, but I'm just so over downer Archie that it's just not fun for me to watch his scenes. I just, I very rarely have fun watching Archie, and I just, I don't like him, but I do like that his plot line this episode seemed more normal. It was. It was a lot more realistic, and and he's the one who, when you look at it through a certain lens, you know, besides the random things with him and the, uh, shoot, what was the dude's name who was in charge of the prison? Um, Warden Norton. Norton. Besides the scenes with him and Warden Norton, with all the, like, a little bit of the Griffins and Gargoyle stuff, Archie has stayed out of the mythical stuff the most, and so he kind of is still a little bit grounded in that. Like, you could you could chalk up most of his feelings more towards, like, being attacked, PTSD, to, you know, like, just the more emotional impacts. Whereas when you look at someone like Jughead, a lot more of his motivation seems to be around the kind of mythical stuff that's been happening. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it's still so unrealistic that it's hard for me, but... At least he's back in Riverdale. He's not in the hinterlands anymore. Um, nobody was able to tell me where the hinterlands are. So I, I just don't think they're a real thing. I think that's just like a name for Canadian wildlife. Yeah. Yeah, he's back. Uh, he decides he can't be worried about when Hiram might come for him again. So he's just going to go back to his normal life. And normal life 
starts with going to see Veronica. Yes. And I was honestly, I wasn't expecting Veronica to take him back at that. Like, I was Uh, like, no, she's with Reggie now. Stop. And here, I'm really hoping that we're going to get a scene in the next couple episodes with like a little bit more of the fallout from their breakup and stuff. But I think right now it's more of like, she was just so shocked to have him come back that it was kind of almost like a rebound. Like, oh, sure, we'll just try to pretend that that nothing happened. Which is always really easy in a relationship. Like when something goes wrong, uh, you just pretend it didn't happen and then everything's fine, right? That's why Mm -hmm. both of us are in successful relationships. Exactly. Uh, Veronica is like, oh, your hair is weird. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And and they kiss and immediately start undressing. So like, okay, I guess Reggie's just not in the picture anymore. I guess it was just that one kiss. I was absolutely livid. I just need you to know. This is just the classic, like, I've complained about this before, but this is why I don't care about Archie and Veronica. Because all we get with them are, like, a couple cute words, and then they're making out and banging. Whereas, like, at least Betty and Jughead, like, have in the past, not recently, but, like, had tender moments or, like, things that they went through together that would make them seem like they would want to be in a relationship. And they love solving murders. What do Veronica and Archie have in common? Nothing. They're both hot, and that's it. And like, you and can't he's not even that hot. Me, but like, you can't expect me to care about Archie and Veronica breaking up when, like, yeah, that breakup scene between them uh, several episodes ago is the most emotional thing I've ever seen them go through. And it wasn't and that's that it. much. And, like, Veronica and Reggie, at least, at least they've been hanging out for a while. Like, at least they do stuff together. So I, I am more invested in them and they're better. Whatever. So the the four of them, Archie, Veronica, Betty, and Jughead, they're hanging out at par- Pops. And Archie's like, yeah, I like root beer floats now instead of strawberry milkshakes. And everyone's all shocked and it, like who cares you're allowed to like different types yeah. of ice cream first of all who cares Whatever. second of all a root beer float is a hundred times better than a strawberry milkshake yeah and they're like oh but we're stressed out about the SATs." and then i'm like, like what? what they go to school <laughs> yeah it's like is archie even enrolled in school anymore he's missed like the entire well again i don't know because it feels like it should be like in at least a semester of school but i well, think wait, we're still what, in october what time of year do people take the sats uh i mean i took the sats in october October and November so yeah so it's possible it hasn't been Halloween yet yeah mm. meanwhile we're in know. January the show is yeah, so bad at timelines like it is <laughs> so so confusing so I was talking to Bryce the other day and he was like this show is worse at timelines than even Glee and Glee was the worst at them so Glee was really bad really bad but Riverdale's worse anyway so Archie goes to talk with the principal Archie you went to jail and then you skipped town for a month yes you might not be able to graduate with your friends you stupid idiot like (laughs) that's his one thing what oh my gosh you're telling me that I can't graduate with my friends here's the other thing oh my gosh how dare you you were in jail (laughs) his friends also have not been going to school his friends aren't graduating on time I thought the school was getting closed did I make this up the school was definitely closed at one point but we don't know because the whole quarantine thing was such a non-starter that they literally did it just so that there would be a cliffhanger for the winter break and then nothing why didn't they have Hiram get shot right before the winter break so we could have a cliffhanger because the timeline is off it's terrible that should have happened they're like crap oh my gosh because of like the holidays we had to miss two weeks earlier in the season so we have to have the mid-season finale a third of the way through the season in episode eight and so we're just going to create this huge cliffhanger and then we're just going to resolve it like immediately after dumb it's so 
infuriating. And like the principal's like, yeah, you might need to repeat your uh, your junior year. And it's like, well, yeah, you got to start over now. Like he can't really take school until the winter semester, I assume. Like, so I'm I'm on both sides, though, because it didn't sound like the principal was like, drop out like right now, like go ahead and just wait until next year starts. Because the thing is, if it is only like October, he hasn't missed that much. Like it's it's high school in high school. Like, yeah, you, you miss like a unit in each of your classes. Just like relearn it. Like, I don't know. When I was in seventh grade, I skipped up half a year. Like, I studied over winter break, which in, you know, middle school is like a week and a half. I just studied over winter break and then tested up in all of my classes so that I could be back with my friends because I was taking a different level and I wanted to skip back ahead. So, yeah, like, yeah, I learned a semester's worth of stuff in a week and a half. You can do it. It's not hard. Well, I mean, I Archie think it probably it. is hard for Archie, who's functionally stupid. But the other thing, too, is it's like... Even if he had to take off the fall semester, high school's different from other stuff. Like, there's all these, like, the schedule's different. So he could have just come back in January, started classes, and then done summer school for the semester he missed, and he's fine. Yeah, but then he would be like, what? Principal, you want me to take summer classes? You want me to not hang out with my friends over the summer? Hang out with them at night. dare you? They're all going to have jobs anyways. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because everyone gets jobs in high school, I forgot. (sighs) So, uh, Betty and Jughead. They help Archie study. Well, they're nice people. And Archie's response is, why do I need to know that word? It's not a real usable word. Kate, Archie, haven't you ever heard of an (laughs) SAT word? No, but that's like, it's so classic. Like, when am I ever going to need calculus in the real world? Like, that was actually a pretty realistic thing. Although the word they gave him, I don't remember, what was it, like iconoclast or something? It wasn't like that hard of a word. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know that word, but I never had to take the SATs. I think it's one of those words where if you asked me the definition, I wouldn't be able to give you a very good one. But like, if you used it, if I read it in a book, I would understand. I'd I'd be able to use context clues to understand what they were talking about. Well, I feel like with most things, you could do that. Yeah. Whatever. You, Archie's got to do what I did. So when I was studying for the SATs, I, because the thing is with SATs, like you can't really study, like you can't learn standardized material in a, in a couple weeks. The kind of things you study is just like quick test taking, um, habits and stuff Mm -hmm. and like, or the words, if you don't know the words, but like studying words is actually not hard because what they have are, (laughs) this is what I did. I was able to improve my score by like, I don't know, a hundred points or something ridiculous in that section by, they have these, um, these raps that you can learn on online. You like listen to them and they're, they tell like a story and they'll use the words in, in sentences that make sense that have the definitions basically in them so uh, anyway okay well, that's like there was a line in one like there's certain words i know because there was one where there was like punctilious eager to follow the rules uh <laughs> so now i know well i'm okay the that reminds me of how i can always spell the word aardvark because of arthur and he's like a-a-r-d-v-a-r-k yeah yeah you, you know what songs really work yeah, yeah. Flocabulary. That's what it's called. Okay. So if any of our listeners are currently <laughs> studying for their SATs, don't forget to download Flocabulary and use our coupon code COW with a K. <laughs> this is not a thing. What? Oh, they have some they have some on um some on YouTube. Anyway, Flocabulary is a good time. It sounds anyway, riveting. I only I only learned one of the songs, but I memorized it and because of that song like each song contains like 30 vocabulary words. 
It was a good time. That's wild. We don't do the SAT in Canada, so. Well, I appreciate the sudden return to school and realism. I don't buy that all the other kids have been keeping up with their studies. Like, Betty was in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy for a couple weeks. Jughead was, like, running a gang, and he also left town for a little while. Veronica has been running three businesses, and uh, everyone was playing G&G, and half the school was on drugs. So I I don't buy the fact that Archie is that far behind. And, like, he's been in the woods in a cabin for the last several weeks. Why wasn't he studying then? Well, he obviously didn't even know the SATs were a thing. Uh, <sighs> Whatever. Yeah, I don't um, really get it. But And so obviously studying is not going well because Archie is not good in the brain. And Betty's like, he's not a brainer. hey, you're not yourself. We need to fix it. So she helps him wash the dye out of his hair, which like, so it was semi-permanent? Like, how is it not just on his pillow? I, I don't know. I got the feeling, because she was like, do you trust me? I get the feeling she dyed his hair back. Like, I think he's... He has, so he, like, she bleached his hair and then re-dyed it red? Because you cannot That's the feeling just I got. dye brown hair red. I think Archie could pull off the bleached blonde look. You need to <laughs> shut up and never talk again. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, so they go to the speakeasy for a welcome back party. Okay. Yeah, and so it was supposed uh, to be an SAT study party, but because Archie's back, they didn't do that. Maybe they should have done the study party I think for they Archie. Done that. Yeah. And Veronica's like, hey, lover. Uh, like, right in front of everyone. That made me so upset that she called him lover. Because I, I think nobody... that should only be said in the privacy of your own home. No, it should also not be said there. Don't call anyone lover. It's so weird yeah so i'm like oh are they just back together now okay um and she's singing in spanish to him it was pretty good i liked it but like halfway through archie is having like flashbacks to hiram and and then the thing from last episode where he beat himself to death with a bat and so he runs away uh okay um also the scene immediately following this is when betty like is going to visit hal for the first time so it was just like what is going on with the timeline of this episode i'm so confused much like the show left the episode's timeline also doesn't make sense um, yeah. And, like, it totally makes sense to me. Like, Archie's been living in the woods. A room full of people like that is probably going to be triggering in some way. Probably, but whatever. So then we have a scene where he's decluttering his bedroom. Marie Kondo. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and his dad's like, oh, look at this picture of you at Variety Night. And Archie's like, yeah, I don't remember that. I barely remember it. Like, yeah, me too, Archie. Me too. I, don't I literally don't remember so, it. Yeah. And I'm like... Oh, remember when Archie was a musician? Nope. He was really talented. He had promise. Mm -hmm. And he's like, after all this time, it's so weird being back. Dude, it hasn't been that long. Five weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then, then, uh, like, again, the timeline doesn't make sense because I've just, like, written down all of Archie's scenes. The next scene is Archie coming into his bedroom and Veronica's sitting there crying on his bed. Wait, when did he leave? I don't. Like, did he leave straight from there to go declutter, and then Veronica continued to have her party, and then she came after the party? This must be days later, because this, this, I think, is after he talks to Reggie that one time about, like, cheating on the SATs. Um, So, I don't know. So, Veronica is crying, and she's like, I'm angry that we broke up, but I'm, I'm mad, you know, because my dad's trying to kill you, but I'm also mad at you for not, like, being by my side and staying to fight for me. And I'm like, girl, do you hear yourself your dad tried to kill him and lock him in prison 
the end. That's why he left. I'm sorry, your little high school romance is not more worth more than his life. Yeah, I don't really, like, it's not realistic at all, and I'm still confused. What is Veronica's relationship with Hiram right now? Because, like, it was horrible, and then it seemed like it was getting better, and then now it's, I don't, I just don't get Well, it. and when, when she passed out because of the, the when she uh, had a seizure. seizure, she got taken back to his house. So, like, I think she's living at home again. I, I don't even know. Yeah, I... I would like the show to explain that. And maybe if we keep asking in like eight episodes, we'll just randomly get an episode that makes sense of all of this. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be the trend right now with how things are going. Exactly. Uh, so then that's the SAT time. Um, pretty accurate instructions with SAT about like can't skip ahead and all that. And, uh, and and then they're doing the math part, which it's kind of interesting that they start with the math part. And that's the one where he like freaks out and leaves because math like I was saying earlier, it's not something that you could have studied for. Like they did, trust me, they did not learn anything that's on this math test in the last couple weeks when Archie was gone. This is all stuff they learned from years before. So he should be able to do this. Well, but he's just not used to being in the rigid world of education. He likes to be a free man in the woods with the fresh air and the grizzly bears. Also, it would be really hard to cheat on the SATs. Like, if you haven't, if you take a practice test and stuff, it's not like, unless he found the answer key and memorized the answers, it, it would have been really hard to cheat on this. I mean, I I thought he was going to try and find someone to pretend to be him to take the test for him. Well, they could just dye someone's hair red and, uh. All redheads look identical, so. Can't exactly. he just use Jason Blossom's SAT scores? Probably. Yeah, they probably, they're probably still around, um, so. Yeah. Uh, and then Archie walks out and Veronica tries to go after him and they say like, oh, if you follow him out that door, it's an automatic zero, which like technically yes, but also you can just schedule to take the SAT again. Like maybe you'll have to take it in a different county or something, but you can, you can take it again. It's not like, it's not like, like you can cancel your scores. It's not like all oh, the zeros on your permanent record and it's automatically going to be sent to colleges. That's not how it works. You choose which scores you send out. So I, it was kind of a nothing threat. Like, yeah, the worst that, I mean, this is, if it was someone like Betty, like Betty, Betty probably is more convenient for her to take the scores there, but I, I took the scores in multiple different uh, schools and, and things like that because, or I took the test in multiple different schools based on like where, what fit in my schedule the best. So I took it multiple times. It's fine. Um. Anyway, but yeah, so Archie is like moodily in the bathroom. He looks in the mirror and then uh, he punches the mirror. So what is it with Archie and punching stuff? Um. You know, I think that he learned a lot from that guy who was in the jail with him. But he punched mm. stuff before. Remember when he punched through the ice to save Cheryl in season one? Oh, right. Maybe that's when it started. He's got a pattern of behavior. He he has a hankering for punching things now. He's a punchaholic. So. He just can't Pun- live without punchahol. <laughs> Hashtag punchaholic. <laughs> um, got some good ones this episode. This is how you got to spit them out halfway through. You can't wait till the end to remember all these. Well, you just got to... You just gotta go with it, and some nights you're just funny, and for me, that's every night, but especially tonight. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sorry. So, yeah, so uh, that this is when he finds out that Hiram's been shot. He goes to see Hiram, and Veronica thinks, like, Archie might have shot him, and I'm like, I mean, yeah, that seems about right. What? I feel like, okay, and it I just can understand why she thought that. To when yeah, he wanted to kill Hiram, but then Jughead was like, you think Veronica's gonna be able to deal with you if you killed her daddy oh yeah and uh archie made the decision not to kill him so i feel like it's pretty clear that archie didn't do this but the timing is just so suspicious it is and then they they break up so yeah all right i'm cool good with that. hopefully forever because she's too good for him yes uh and uh, at the end of the episode it's really winding down he has a talk with fred and he tells him that 
him and Veronica broke up and, and he walked out of the SAT. And Fred's like, your room looks like a jail cell. Which was a little bit, like, I was a little bit direct there. Like, yeah, it definitely does because he's decluttered it so much. Uh, he's also, he's he set up a punching bag in the middle of his room, which I think we've seen before. So I think that's not new. But but he he's also drinking while doing this. And the the uh, alcohol that he's drinking, he has hidden it in his in his desk drawer but it's like it's under like four pencils in a tiny little book like it's not hidden very well anybody could find that well and so are we to just believe that rg's an alcoholic now so i don't like I when don't... did he become addicted to alcohol also fred was standing like two feet away from him he would be able to smell that on his breath uh yep definitely so yeah archie's back at back at it again with the punching and, and the drinking. uh maybe he should have just stayed in that jail probably would have been happier i mean i would be what was that guy's name? The guy who um, he was living with? It's like monster or mm, horse or horse. Was it an animal? Was it an animal name? I wanted to call him Moose, but that's not him. I don't know, but I, um, I don't care that much. Truck? No. Hmm. I wanted to say Chuck, but I know that's not right. No. Well, someone remind me in a tweet what his name was. Yes, please do. <laughs> I have no idea. So yeah, so Veronica and Reggie. Let's talk about them because I like Reggie more than any of these other I people. I say Veronica and Reggie, but I've, I've noticed that all of these things I wrote down are just about Reggie. So it's actually just, let's just talk about Reggie for a little while. Yes, Reggie, the best looking cast member on this show. Yeah, so Reggie tries to kiss Veronica at the beginning of the episode, but she's like, um, Archie's back now? Sorry, like, didn't you know that just kind of means we're over now? She's like, that's so rude um, because he does her so much better than that. Yeah, but the best part of this was when Veronica said, how do you think he's going to feel if he finds out that one of his best friends and his ex-girlfriend got together? Wait, one of his best since when has Reggie been one of Archie's best friends? Yeah. He was like I'm, a total dick to him for I, I so long. I truly don't know when they were a parent. But I mean, they were teammates, so that's a brotherhood. Mm, right. Yeah, Reggie's not cool with Archie, though, because Archie's been, like, acting mean. He walked out of the thing where Veronica was singing to him in Spanish. Um. So, yeah, they, they're in the band room chatting. And uh, <laughs> Veronica's like, Reggie, he walked all the way back to Riverdale from Canada. So, yeah, I really appreciate that seems to be the narrative. What that people just part think that he walked of Canada? Our, the part that's closest to where they are. Well, probably. but there's no grizzly bears there. <laughs> so it still just doesn't make sense. We don't know where they are. I, I really wish we could just get one interview where someone's like, this is where Riverdale is. I don't know if they know. Nobody knows. Um, and Reggie's like, Veronica, maybe he's not your Archiekins anymore. Don't. Stop. This is worse than her saying, calling anyone daddy. Like, do not refer to Veronica referring to him calling calling him Archiekins. I don't know. It was just Just so, don't add ugh. kins to the end of anything. Well, like, nothing is terrible. Ever. Yeah. Then Reggie confronts confronts Archie in the locker room. I don't know if they're in PE or is, is Archie back at football practice? I don't know. Reggie's like, hey, you got some pretty big coconuts. No, just no. We're not. We're, I don't, I refuse to dignify that with a statement or a response. Nope. Um, but then, then Reggie is like, you left the spakeasy. I just love that, how he called it the spakeasy. He did not say speakeasy. What he a dumb idiot. Spakeasy. Um, and uh yeah and so Archie like takes off his shirt and you can see that he's got the scars and I think that's supposed to be like yeah yeah Reggie like stay away because I can handle a bear scratch so I can handle you Ugh. um I also kind of wondered if Veronica she should probably have seen these scars right because they banged at the beginning well, of the episode and you would think that she would comment on them but at one point she says something like uh 
what does she say? She's like, oh, what's wrong with you? Because he, like, flinches or something. So, like. So, I, I think she just doesn't know because I'm maybe sure that's going to be a thing that comes up with later. their shirts on. I feel like if it's a little bit cold, maybe that's a thing. Maybe. I don't know. Might be. I don't know. Um, And then Reggie signs up for Bumble because can't boy can't be alone because for two seconds. sponsored content how much do you think bumble paid for that segment i i'm kind of sad that we didn't have a close but no cigar in that place so or they do that thing where archie's like eh, I, I, let's talk about cheating and reggie's like oh you found out about me and veronica nope i was, I was gonna talk about the sat okay first off it's not cheating archie you broke yeah. up with her and you left and you literally cannot be mad about this yeah he broke up with her so yeah. get over it, Archie, which is yep. the title of this episode. Yes. Uh, and then at the end of the episode, Reggie has the high ground because he comes back to visit Veronica in the hospital and he brings her flowers and balloons. Oh, um, and he's and just such a better boy. Yeah. Although it's really creepy that like Hiram's in the background, like asleep on a bed. It, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I don't love that. But but yeah, I'm, t- I'm team Reggie all the way. Yeah, absolutely. I, as I've said several times, Reggie is the absolute best he's the best looking he's the best acting him and veronica have the best chemistry and we need more reggie always definitely okay let's real quick wrap up with the jughead stuff love that the happens. serpents because yeah there was there's there are things that happened so jughead meets with fangs because remember fangs is under going undercover to be in the gargoyle gang fangs says that he's selling fizzle rocks so i I guess he's just doing that now for the king. Yeah, I, guess. I just also okay. like at the beginning how Jughead in a public place is like, don't tell anyone, but Fangs is a mole. Yep. So You're in public. Let's just what are you doing? That. Yeah. Uh, so um, uh, the the Gargoyle gang says that they want Fangs in their inner circle. And uh, Jughead's like, yeah, cool. Well, don't worry. We're going to send you in, but we'll have backup. Um, so Fangs goes to this inner circle meeting. And there's a person there dressed up as the king. And it, this is the first time where you really get a shot of it that it's pretty obvious that it's someone in a costume. Like, in all the other shots, I think I haven't been able to – it makes it look like you, you can't tell that there are arms under where the, the wings and the twigs are. So this this time it looked much more realistic. Yeah, um, but it was still horrible <laughs> and stupid. And this is how you know that I was definitely taking notes because I wrote, I bet it's FP. <laughs> For whatever reason, I just thought, plot twist, FP is going to be the Gargoyle King. Because I'm still stuck on that scene when the Gargoyle King broke into Alice's house and, like, FP had that really weird look on his face. I'm just, I can't, I can't stop going Maybe back to that. Maybe he just but... farted or something. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think it was just a weird choice by the actor. But, oh well, skeet, whatever. Um, so, no, it wasn't FP. Uh, there there's all these masks. Oh, it's like that. The, these people are all wearing masks, but they're like, oh, Fangs Fogarty. I'm like, okay, let's just call out more names. What was the point of wearing masks then if we're just going to acknowledge well, I mean, people's real it's names? It's just like the Death Eaters. Yeah, it, it you know, it is. Voldemort's like, ah, Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. So literally 30 seconds after I wrote that I bet the Gargoyle King's FP, uh, Jughead and FP yeah. <laughs> show up and they, they take out the two guys, the guns. Um, so, and I wrote lol, lol JK about FP. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least um, <laughs> your notes are realistic. They are. Uh, so the serpents run and attack before Fangs gets branded. Oh yeah, because he was going to get branded. With the gargoyle symbol, because if you are going to serve him, you need to wear his mark, which he's Voldemort. I just put it together. Does it, isn't Archie branded by the gargoyle? He did get branded. He got branded sure. in jail, so pretty sure he's branded and i'm pretty sure we've seen him without his shirt on unless it's yeah lower no it was lower down okay huh um oh wait no i don't know Mm, we should have i think they've definitely just forgotten about that 
I think so. Which is not I, I, great. You know, honestly, I, I don't really, I don't even care. That's not, I'm not going to be picky about that one. I am. I'm done. I'm over it. <laughs> Maybe they just peeled his skin off and it grew back clean and new. It's like, but it's like the whole thing with Art, or with Jughead getting his skin ripped off. Like, sometimes he has a scar, sometimes he doesn't. Whatever. The continuity issues never cease to frustrate me. No. So, um, so yeah, then, uh, then guess what? The king is tall boy, so... Well, and okay. I actually really liked this because I was like, oh, is that where all the adult serpents went? Okay. I didn't think of it from that angle, but yeah, that, I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, I was like, oh, that makes sense. And then I'm like, well, but why didn't anyone else wonder where they all were? <sighs> the thing is, so at this point, I feel like <laughs> Tallboy died, but I don't remember when. <laughs> So Tallboy was the one who broke into, who supposedly broke into Archie and Fred's house and tried to attack Fred again after Hal Cooper was arrested for being the, or at the same time that Hal Cooper was next door, like making um, Betty and Alice watch those videos and and coming out as the the Black Hood. So Tallboy was arrested for being another Black Hood and then they said that he, he got shot and died in the firefight that broke out because of that, which clearly is a lie. Although we were getting that information from Mineta, so I think we all kind of thought it was partially a lie to begin with. But what I thought was that that um, Tallboy was just completely unrelated. It was someone else on Hiram's side breaking into Archie's house and that they just shot Tallboy to make it seem like it was him. But I guess, yeah, not, so not the case. I didn't remember any of that and I had forgotten Tallboy existed. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And Tallboy was kind of like the hand of the, he was like the second in command to, to, um, fp when he was king of the serpents yeah and so i can only i understand why he left because he was passed over for a less qualified candidate (laughs) exactly uh so they they lock him up and they take him to the bunker and um he says he was hiding in athens so okay cool some small town he says alice cooper looked hot uh, so he confirms that he was the one to go in that house that night that um fp made the weird face Yes. And he also talks about like branding Joaquin. And so he's he's doing this thing again, where he's like admitting to all of these really obvious things in the exact same way that Hal Cooper was when he was talking about being the Gargoyle King. So like, I don't think this is true. I, I think that Tallboy has just recently been hired to be the the guy. I don't think he did any of those other things. I um, buy this though more so than I would have bought Hal as the Gargoyle King. I think it's just the the way that they're both just spitting out all these facts. It it makes me think the same thing. Like that, I don't know. I just think you're making the mistake of believing that these writers are good. Uh, maybe I don't know. So um, so then they they go meet with Hiram as the man in black on the dock. Um, and except there's like a a double switcheroo here where Claudia shows up instead of Hiram and oh surprise it's FP as the gargoyle king instead of Tallboy. So, uh, that happened. Yeah, everybody was just one step ahead. Yeah, and, and like, I, I knew that Hiram was never going to show up, so that was okay. Uh, the best we got out of that is that FP citizens arrest Claudius. I was dying. Okay. I'm making oh a citizen's arrest. What? I don't know, it's like, okay. I, honestly, FP risked a lot dressing up like the Gargoyle King because, like, if it was Hiram who showed up, like, Hiram could have had brought some other guys and been like, oh my gosh, look, FP's the Gargoyle King, arrest him. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been so easy. So that would have been that what didn't I call happen. three steps ahead. <laughs> that would have been... 
Hi, uh, FP pulls off the mask and goes, this is what I call being two steps ahead. And then Hiram goes, arrest that man. This is what I call being three steps ahead. Uh, I'm down. I'm cool with it. Um, yeah. So back in the bunker, Fangs and Sweet Pea are freaking out because Tallboy is dead. They accidentally killed him. What What happened? Did one of them shoot him? Like, I... I was so confused of how he had died. Yeah, I think they one of them shot him by accident, and then they're, like, literally losing their damn minds. And I'm like, you are in a gang. This is why gangs need to have initiations, because they can't have people who are going to be so freaked out on their first kill. They're, like, the most hopeless freaking crab and goyles of the entire world. Like, they're so pathetic. I just go back over and over to that scene where they're, like, stealing Cheryl's bow and arrow and just shooting random stuff. Like, they're so stupid. Then Jughead's like, it's okay. We're gonna throw a party. I have no clue what the plan for this was because they're like, we're gonna party hard. It, it Party like your life depends on it. Blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, Fangs is a serpent again. Okay. Um, and then, and then, then the sheriff shows up and you know who the sheriff is? I was really thinking right then. I, I thought it was going to be, um, I thought it was going to be, uh, Sheriff Keller. Like, yeah, so did I. I was like, Sheriff Keller's back. Everything's going to get fixed. He's going to have a new murder wall. This is great. And then FP walks out in a dorky sheriff costume. <laughs> I guess it's not a costume. It's a uniform. But it it's better than his pop's uniform. <laughs> I was laughing so hard when FP walked out with a little sheriff star badge and the weird hat on and he goes you're looking at the new law in riverdale and um so then i wrote down they're all answering they're answering my prayers in a weird ass way yeah okay here's the thing i wanted fp to have a job as far as i can tell he has two jobs now aren't they still supposed to be protecting the speakeasy like was that just a one episode thing well what Uh, here's the thing there's got to be a conflict of interest when you're running the gang in town and also the law enforcement What's going to happen when he has to arrest um, Jughead? So here's the issue that I have. I have have a couple. But let's start with this one. I wanted the dads to get jobs. FP had a job. He was back in with the serpents. He was wearing his serpent's jacket. He was going to be protecting the spikizi. But now, (laughs) but now, now I'm like... What the heck is Sheriff Keller supposed to do? This could have been his job. He's on board with FP. He's probably fine with the serpents at this point. They got bigger fish to fry, so he could have just hopped back on board. What, like, why, why is, why is Hermione okay with FP? She, they seem to be in cahoots. Just be in cahoots with Sheriff Keller, too. I just don't know what to do with this, this whole None of it makes sense. What is Sheriff Keller doing? And, well, okay, what was Jughead's plan? What was this party supposed well, to be? I was. Were they going to act like a riot started and like, oh, accidentally Tallboy got shot or something? Like, this didn't seem to be a big deal. Tallboy shot. Okay, wipe the fingerprints off him and just like go dump him somewhere. Or like, I thought they were going to come up with some clever plan to like frame Hiram for having uh, killed him or something. Well, I, like, the only thing I can think of is that the party was meant to be a distraction so that none of the other serpents would be around when they like actually disposed of the body. But I don't know if that actually is what they were planning or if I'm just, like, frantically trying to assign meaning to something that has none. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. It's just, I don't know. None of this makes any sense. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's that's the episode. Uh, All in all, 
I, you know, decent one. I enjoyed it. I was, I was confused, but I, I think this is the most fun I've had watching Riverdale in a while. Oh, definitely. I was, I was enjoying the episode while it was happening. I was excited that they actually talked about school. Uh, it, it was a nice return to some of the things that we like from older Riverdale while still maintaining the sheer lunacy that is season three of Riverdale. And I definitely think that we are going to, to, to have the the farm be you know late late season bad guys i think that that's that's where we're heading with this um so a couple things we can talk about here first off so the the buying the sisters of quiet mercy mm-hmm. by the farm yes. i i think that that's definitely i don't think alice i think she truly is just sucked into the sort of cultiness of the whole thing i don't think she knows wider scale what's going on i don't buy that the farm necessarily has anything to do with the gargoyle king i think the gargoyle king stuff is a mixture of the ladies of quiet mercy and hiram just sort of capitalizing on you know people's weak-mindedness i i think that that's sort of happening there i i don't i don't think i don't buy any sort of magical element i don't really think that that's actually happening i think that it's just sort of but it could be like the farm could be there in a way where it's like they're trying to create the uncertainty and fear that would maybe lead people into joining the farm maybe but i i think that we're going to i don't think hiram is working with the farm i think they're competing bad guys like i I think the fact that they were fighting over the same property so i don't think they're working together with this whole gargoyle king stuff. yeah but i still think both could be related in both it's it's possible okay so what do you think about the big question of the episode who shot hiram well my you think it was hermione? my first instinct was that it was hermione uh and i i kind of am inclined to go with that but i also feel like hermione knows that she would be in so much danger that she would probably be better at making sure he was actually dead yeah uh i think hermione knows that that if he comes back you know if, if he doesn't die from it you know she she's acting the the part of the the you know distraught wife right now she she went to go see him in the hospital i don't think she'd be doing that i think she would be trying to kill him still if he didn't die from that shot and i i don't i don't 100 percent know if that shot was meant to kill him or not but um, okay, he got shot say. like straight through his chest how do you not die from that here's the thing i think hermione knew about who shot him. Like, I think she was in on it. I just don't think it was necessarily her who did it. Well, who do you think did it then? I think it's it's another one of the adults. I'm leaning mostly towards it being uh, FP or Fred. I could, maybe Sheriff Keller did it. I feel like he would be a good shot. Or Sheriff Keller. I, yeah, I, I think the reason I think it could be FP or Fred, these are both people we've seen having guns in the past. I think that the fact that we saw her working with FP shows me that her Hermione and FP have been um, conspiring together for some time now and I think it's very possible that she hired him or another serpent or something and I think it's also possible whoever went to go shoot him was disguised I don't think they necessarily just walked into the room Um, I think Fred is potentially going to be framed for this though just with or not maybe not intentionally but accidentally with the fact that he literally threatened to kill Hiram a couple times in this episode yeah probably not the best move um if they were involved in the planning of this so that leads me to think well maybe they weren't involved in the planning because surely they aren't that stupid but everyone is that stupid in this show so you can never rule out that people aren't just stupid that was most of the things for this first off 
the episode title, The Stranger, probably comes from a 1942 novel, a French novel. The book is about dealing with existentialism and, and other crises. So I think that's potentially one. There's a lot of different books and movies. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, isn't title The Stranger? Isn't there a movie from like maybe 2007 or 2008 called The Strangers where the people come? That's, and- yeah, yeah. So that's what I my first instinct was. I feel like there's a, so much stuff that it could be named after. My mind went to the stranger who is one of the seven gods from Game of Thrones and he's the oh, yeah. the god of who represents death and the unknown. So I like that. I highly that, that I highly doubt they're making such a highbrow reference. No, but I I I I think that it is perfectly fine if you want to interpret it that way. Um no new characters this episode. I, I didn't have any close but no cigars, did you? I did not notice any, and I normally keep an eagle eye for them now. Okay, so I don't think we got any there. A um, couple things, yeah, to think just going forward. I would love to hear anyone else's predictions or thoughts on who they think shot Hiram. I, I am enjoying the fact that we can <laughs> at least have something to guess about because just trying to guess about, like, who's the Gargoyle King is just kind of nonsense at this point because I, I think it's one of those things where you could have multiple people dressed up like the And I'm sure King. that we do. Like, I I think that's going to be the case. I don't think we will get a scene at the end of the season or at any point where it just like wraps up neatly where it's like this person was always doing it and this is how they did it. Like we're just never going to get that. Do you think that Hal is going to continue being a character in the next several episodes or do you think this was a one-off? I really hope it was a one-off because I'm bored of him and he creeps me out. He creeps me out and I don't love the stuff with him and Penelope but I I do like how he's involved in Betty's plotline. And I, I'm interested, I, I really hope we have a scene between her and Jughead where Jughead did not know that she was talking to Hal and, and we get some something from that because we had a lot of that in season two and we just really haven't had any good scenes between the two of them recently. So yeah, I, I hope this isn't glossed over. I, I really hope they talk about it. But all right, who is the most normal person of the week? Um, I think Reggie. You know what? Yeah, I'm not even going to question it. I think that's... I, I just... had that thought. It was like mid-episode, just with like how he's like, whoa, Veronica. <laughs> like he's he doesn't understand what's going on. He gets defensive of Veronica when Archie shows his scars from the grizzly bear. He's like, whoa, you got attacked by a bear? And I was like, yes, Reggie is me right now. Reggie is relatable. Reggie is a real person. Yeah, Reggie, he's, he's doing normal things. He's going on Bumble. He's... He handles everything like a normal person. He's the only one who doesn't have any weird supernatural stuff going on or murdering anybody or anything. Yes. Absolutely. You are right. I completely agree with this. It is completely 100% Reggie. Couple comments that we had from some listeners. Noah on Twitter said, uh, he was summarizing the episode for me. He said, the kids finally care about school. Varchi is probably over for good. FP is the freaking sheriff. Hiram has less power and minions than usual. And the writers have blessed us, except there was no Cheryl in this episode. So I I agree with all of that, except for, yeah, the Cheryl stuff. It, I was it's gonna really say, sad. Honestly, we don't, we could just delete our recording and just post, like, just read that again. And that's all we need. Yep. Um, and then Gregory McBean also just wanted to, to to tell us how much he loves that you hate Archie so much. So Well, Greg, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode because Archie still sucks. And I, I feel like I'm jumping on board a little more. I was trying to be I was trying to be decent towards Archie, but nope, just can't can't do Archie it. Archie is can't so fun to hate. Like I get great joy out of how much I hate Archie Andrews. He's just <sighs> 
He's a downer. Yeah. Yeah. I was rewatching early Game of Thrones and he he reminds me of like angsty Jon Snow. Like he's just not fun. Well, but at least angsty Jon Snow was always hot. Archie's not that hot. That's a good point. <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, okay, everyone. All right. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. And we'll be back next week for a recap of episode 11. Until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform. And you can follow Kirsten at Kirsten Said What on every platform. Please check out our other podcast if you're interested. You can check everything out on KowskiCast.com. That's cow with a K. Kirsten, anything else? And if you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and we will read it on the podcast you get attention we get attention everybody's happy you can write the meanest thing you want in the description but we do not accept ratings of less than five stars thank you (laughs) perfect all right everybody until next time bye Bye. i almost didn't record (laughs) but i did Protecting the spakeasy.